I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome Hello. to the official podcast of The Gibson Review. In this episode, we will be giving you an update on our Arrowverse viewing. And after a discussion of the Arrowverse shows, uh, we will also be... Sharing our thoughts of Zack Snyder's latest Army of the Dead and Zack Snyder's career as well. Shanna, it's time for us to touch base a little bit on the Arrowverse. Last time we talked, we had finished season three of Arrow, season one of The Flash. Now we're on season two of Arrow flash season four of arrow and we have added two more shows so let's talk about that a little bit first before we talk about the two new shows let's talk about arrow and flash what your thoughts are so far of these uh their respective seasons arrow is getting better for me i think it's because you're bringing in Flash mm. and you're bringing in other shows now. Mm. So it it's more like, okay, so now we just have a sprinkling of over-the-top drama mm. and then we have fun here and then we have neutral here and then we have something different over there. Mm-hmm. So that's been better. It's interesting that it's that I can only tolerate it if there's other shows breaking it up. <laughs> you know, mm. I do love seeing the episodes where Arrow will come to Flash and Flash will go to Arrow. And it's kind of this interesting dynamic of like, well, the Arrow is coming into Flash and now they're happy and fun and cute. And even if there is drama happening, it's funny and cute. Sometimes, And then, yeah. you know, if Flash goes over there, they're going from fun to kind of like, why are you guys so down? <laughs> you know, kind of. Right. That's like the feeling I get from it. Yeah. So I really enjoy that. I love Flash. I think that that's kind of my favorite right now. So, in terms of Arrow, now he's known as the Green Arrow. And I do feel like it has lightened up a little bit, just on its own, in its own terms. It's lightened up a little bit. You actually see Oliver Queen smile more often. Mm. I feel like the flashbacks are less essential uh, and less pervasive Mm -hmm. in the episodes. And I, I, I feel like... You know, we have, yes, we still have them, but we also get introduced to a character in one of those those flashbacks who apparently had his own short-lived show during season three of Arrow, and I was not made aware of that. And maybe, maybe that character will come into play in the future. I hope so. Uh, I liked him quite a bit. I'm talking about John Constantine who is played by the same actor apparently in a whole bunch of other Constantine-related projects Mm. since this animated and live action. Um, So Arrow has gotten more interesting. This season is about Damien Dark with Neil McDonough playing that, that character. And I feel like Neil McDonough is... One of the best villains we've seen, if not, yeah, I would say him and Deathstroke are probably the best villains of the series so far. Damian Dark having a little more personality and Neil McDonough having more fun 
in this role than any other person we've seen well, as a Damien main villain. Damien Dark just has a sparkle, a twinkle in his eye. You know? <laughs> Those like, baby blues. I know. There's just something about his look that's very like, what are you up to? Oh, you're killing people? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun to watch him, especially when he's angry. Yeah, he's fantastic. As far as The Flash is concerned, now we're focused on bringing in a whole other alternate universe. Both shows are bringing in, introducing different characters. I'm trying to remember which one introduced Hawkgirl and Hawkman. Was that Flash that introduced that? That was Flash, yeah, because... Cisco had some interest. That's right. And I was like, yeah, he's going to be happy. And nope. Right. You know, that's true for, I would say, both Cisco and Barry both have love interests who I really enjoyed in this season. We're halfway through the season, I think, at this point or, or so. And haven't really disappointed even caitlin snow's getting a little bit better for me she's not focused so much on oh my fiance i need to find my fiance is my fiance okay blah 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 she's moved on with life and i think to a better place we have some more fan service stuff going on there's Mm -hmm. less drama related to barry's mom and dad and and he's moving on with other things so that's really great to see it's not as weighed down on a series as arrow was for a very long time so that's i'd say both are very enjoyable do you have anything else to say about those two before we talk about the two shows and in, that's introduced well and you know flash isn't all happy and fun they do have drama moments but because they're so spread out it's this nice balance yeah like you don't feel completely brought down but when things need to get serious they do get serious Yes. And, oh, actually, one of your favorite characters, let's talk about that, uh, recurring villain Captain Cold. Oh, my God. I don't think you've even addressed him yet, really. I just, okay, here's what I love. Because I feel like, (laughs) I feel like the the people of the show, of the the verse, are doing a great job bringing in all these different villains, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we might know someone and we might not know someone and then we look them up mm-hmm. and you look them up and then we're like oh cool you know yeah and then what i really love what really gets me excited is when they bring people from prison break the show prison break right as villains and i'm like this is so amazing which only two you of know? them are recurring if i remember two correctly. of them are well technically three we just haven't seen the clock clock guy clock king yeah yeah we haven't seen clock king for a while but he's like the third one yeah he's only been like a couple episodes so really it's just it's captain cold and what's his partner's name i can't remember but we've got wentworth miller and dominic purcell so the Mm -hmm. brothers from prison break are brothers in flash and i'm just like yes please give me more I'm yeah, like, Who I don't else? think they're actually related, but they are partners. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought they were brothers. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, so. maybe they're not. Right. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, but I, the fact that they look like brothers, I don't know. Maybe it's because of how I've seen them in Prison Break. Probably. I just, I just love that. You mm. know. And I love how like cold he is. He's got a very not so expressive face, 
And here's a character that works for that. Well, you know? he's he's definitely chewing the scenery with this. Like he is hamming it up. And I don't know, like I kind of love it after a certain point. Mm. You know, he's he's totally loving loving that character and loving that role and he and Captain Cold eventually ends up having this like pact between him and the Flash where it's like, Okay, I won't kill you. Or anybody else, but leave me to do my my business, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think Peter Stormare, wasn't he in... He was in, like, uh, one or two episodes. I forget the character he played, But that's, like, the John Abruzzi character from Prison Break. Okay. So. Uh, let's talk about the new shows really briefly yeah. here. So, first was Supergirl, mm-hmm. which actually was originally aired on CBS, but it was developed by Greg Berlante and was part of this Arrowverse. It wasn't until season two, which we haven't gotten to yet, that it actually got onto the CW. So knowing that kind of helps explain why Supergirl's not acknowledged yet by Arrow and Flash. It is a little weird. It's a kind of in its own island unto itself. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is Supergirl, you know, okay, so Supergirl is a cousin who was supposed to be sent to Earth to help protect her her baby cousin, Kal-El, but unfortunately she got swept up into some space stuff and it delayed her arrival by uh, many years, but anyway. Yeah, so by the so, time Kara gets to Earth, Superman is actually the one. Clark Kent is, is old yeah. and adult. And Superman has been established as a hero, I believe, if I remember correctly. And so Superman exists Mm -hmm. in this world. To which, at first, before I even understood the whole CBSCW thing, I'm like, wait a minute. Superman exists? How are they going to explain that in Arrow and Flash? Because they've never, they've been acting like Flash is the first superhuman. In their own dark circle of despair. Well, it'll be really interesting to see in season two how they write this when they actually are, it's all CW stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, but, it makes sense to me that okay. Arrow would not know about it because really Arrow is all about himself and his own city. My city, my city, my city, my city. Okay. I don't know. I struggled with so. that. I, I struggled with that because the, in, in, in the amount of ignorance to the international news you would have to have is pretty staggering for someone. Oh, you mean a little American? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. But anyway, what do you think of Supergirl in general as a show? Uh, now that I've established it's on its own island for the time being. I was unsure. Because here's the thing, when you're a woman and you see a female heroine finally coming to fruition on television, mm-hmm. you're a little skeptical at first because you're like, don't make me fall in love with this and then take it away from me. Mm. So at first I was like, okay. That's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting in the corner, waiting to be enticed with candy to come out of the corner. And then, you know, once the first episode ended, I was like, okay, okay, this is great. And then the second episode and the third episode, and I was like, I fucking love this, you know? Mm-hmm. So I am really enjoying it. At times, I'm like, what are you doing? But she's a baby, really, you know, with her superpowers because she right. hasn't. At what's established in the first few minutes of the first episode is that she's trying to be human. Mm-hmm. She's trying to just be low-key, not have to use her powers, mm-hmm. and then she starts using her powers. And right. so it's a lovely journey into her embracing 
the alien side of herself. Mm-hmm. What makes her different, you could say. Yeah. That's the metaphor. And I love all the other women that are in this show. It's fairly even with female and male depiction. So I'm very appreciative in terms of, of that. The cast ratio. Yeah. That's and true. I'm enjoying that. Like, mm-hmm. who is it? The Ally McBeal woman? Callista Flockhart. Flockhart. She plays Cat Grant, mm-hmm. who. I love this because the show kind of acknowledges this. Cat Grant was a Daily Daily Planet character who was the gossip columnist for the Daily Planet. In this show, she essentially worked her way up, did all that, but she's gained her own power and has her own media empire called Catco, which Kara works for. And I love that. I'm like, this is great. At times, she'll say some, Callista Flockhart will say something where I'm like, oh, I don't like that. But then she'll back it up, and then she's always there for Kara, mm-hmm. which I'm like, that's awesome. Really is, you know, you're my assistant, and I'm really mentoring you. Mm. I love that. Mm. That's my favorite part. Yeah. Kent Grant, in the first episode, comes across as a, a very one-dimensional uh, jerk, but I really like how they very quickly and gradually develop her, that you learn there's more to her, and she yeah. becomes more human. It's a nice little hate, hate her at first, mm. and then love her, kind of. Yeah, she's not so bad. She's not so bad. What do you think of this version of Jimmy Olsen? Jimmy Olsen joins Cat Co. So I don't have much exposure to Jimmy Olsen. I'm I'm not a ma- I'm not I'm not a Superman fan. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a Batman fan. Okay. You know, so I don't have a lot of knowledge about okay. the the supers. So I mean, I'm enjoying him. He seems fairly realistic to me. He's having his own things where he's like been hired as a creative director as opposed to just a straight-up photographer. And so he's actually battling with, well, I miss shooting. And, you know, that's kind of relatable, mm. you know, for me as a photographer. So it's it's there's a lot of groundedness in this show with the characters. Uh, sort of, not in an arrow sense, but it's still uh, fun and, and breezy. Uh, this is a very different Jimmy Olsen than we've seen before. Usually, Jim, Jimmy Olsen's a wide-eyed, very naive uh, kind of uh, kind of character, very younger character. This guy, he's he's tall, he's black, he's confident, he knows his shit. He's like one of the most experienced photographers in the business. Uh, so it's a very different interpretation of Jimmy Olsen, uh, and so it, it's interesting as a comic fan to see that. And I'm not really bucking against it myself. He has his own thing. He has a relationship with Lois's sister, who gets introduced in the series. They do try to seem to have some sort of attention between Kara and Jimmy. I'm not sure I'm a big fan of that per se. But uh, it's interesting. They, they did make up other characters for the show, like Kara's aunt becomes a, a big character who was imprisoned in the Phantom Zone. And she comes in a la Zod. Uh, but maybe not so much um, as we learn to this uh, series. There's other characters that get introduced that are part of the DC lore. Kara has a sister. There's the D, what they call it, DEO, I believe, Department of Extraterrestrial something, Oversight. And yeah, Kara's sister works for that government. That brings her a new, like, another dimension where Supergirl is somewhat of an agent acting on behalf of this this agency 
um, or at least working this with collaboration, yeah. which is important, right? If you think about the realism of an event, you know, you have to have the different departments working together on something should there be an emergency. So to me, that's what I'm talking about with its groundedness. It's, it's re- it, all the decisions being made are fairly realistic. Mm, and that has its own comic book fan and Easter eggs through that. So I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun with Supergirl. I feel like if you're a fan of the flash, if you like the flash, you're going to like Supergirl very much. Uh, I'm looking forward to them crossing over and intermingling eventually. Uh, Then the fourth series, really briefly, we've only seen the first half of the pilot, Legends of Tomorrow. How did I not recognize what was happening here? I feel so stupid. So Arrow and Flash apparently have been playing this long game of slowly introducing a bunch of different characters, including the Atom, who was played by Brandon Routh, who formerly Superman, Superman Returns, he plays in this and and um, and basically brings all these characters together, including Captain Cold, Hawk Girl, Hawkman, uh, Adam, and a couple others. Firestorm is a big part of it too. They doing something with that character, which is I guess a good thing. What do you think so far of first impressions of Legends of Tomorrow? I am loving it. It's Mm. got some of my favorite characters in it Mm. and characters that I want to see more of. So it's this lovely little pot of like, here's who I like that I don't get enough of. Or every time I do get them, I'm like, can we have more? Like much, much more. Yeah. Like marathon. Let's go. Yeah. And then, hey, you guys aren't getting enough attention. Come on over. And now we have like this full thing around them. And I just freaking love it yeah uh we've only seen one episode and i'm like could we just binge but we've got like all these other things going on and i'm just like i think this should be our project (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, because it's all getting so good now like it was very difficult to get through arrow in the beginning yeah and you have to get through arrow in order to get to everything else indeed so because it's so much more worth it that way yeah we are chipping away at it we're introduced into time travel in this whole thing so anyway it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see i think it opens the door wide open for them to be able to do whatever the hell they want interesting to see where it goes but right now we're having fun with the Arrowverse. So far, we will keep you posted once we finish this round of that universe, I suppose. Let's get to finally, lastly, the uh, other yes. thing that everyone's the talking tribe. about. Well, Let's do it. Okay. Here we Every, go. The other thing that everyone's talking about is Zack Snyder's new movie, Army of the Dead, which is essentially about a zombie outbreak that takes place in Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas gets walled off from uh, further spread throughout the country. And one team is gathered together to try to infiltrate Las Vegas and the zombies and try to retrieve a vault full of money. Can they all make it out alive? Before... Oh, yeah. And then, the, oh, God. Yeah. You lost your voice. Get your voice back. <laughs> the Before president. Before the atomic bomb comes. Just yeah. a little one. We're just going to little zap. Oh little radiation. God. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. The president is going to apparently bomb Las Vegas <laughs> with a atom bomb. Or a nuclear bomb, I should say. So, anyway. This is really headlined by Dave Bautista. He's the most, like, known name. There's a couple other recognizable people in it, like Tignataro. Shanna, 
You're the one that wanted to watch this. You <laughs> thought this would be a lot of fun. Was it a lot of fun? Did you enjoy Army of the Dead? Did it measure up to Snyder's previous zombie movie, the remake Dawn of the Dead? I'm trying not to like verbal vomit. I am not a Zack Snyder hater. Mm-hmm. I ha- I bought all the Watchmen books that he was part of. It, we have triple, quadruple dipped on Watchmen cuts releases and stuff like that so i just wanted to make that very clear that i am a snyder fan you're you are a snyder fan i am but i expect him to be snyder i expect him to have concise thoughts and execution i expect him to retain his style but also have a good story that is succinct and there and beautifully presented Hmm. here's what I loved about this film. I loved the opening. Um, not only the yes. establishing yes. Of, of what's what, what we're going to experience, like our origin of what we're about to experience, but also Zack Snyder is so good, so fucking good at his like opening title sequence type thing. He can be, yes. Um, like he did it really well in Watchmen, yes. and then he did it really fucking well here. And I was like, yes, here's the man so the first like what 15 minutes Mm -hmm. were just perfect for me Mm. i was like thank you you're back and then it quickly went away look i think he was a little unfocused i think it went on too long and it was just too chaotic it ran away from him i recognize that i'm a creative myself i can totally call that on myself i can totally call that on others I could tell that he had too many desires within this film and not enough not enough of a, a quick execution technique, you mm. know? Because how do you with all these ideas that he had in there? Mm. So unfortunately, it was just too long to be worth my time. I could have just watched the first 20 minutes and then gone away. Now, too long is important, important to know. Is two and a half hours long? Yeah, I mean, two and a half hours, if you're giving me good meat... I'll be happy, you know, but unfortunately, I ran away from him. Mm. I think it was more heartbreaking than anger-inducing. I was okay. I was a little angry afterwards. Yeah, I had to were. work through my emotional cir- circle cycle. Okay. I was angry because I was like, "This is absolute bullshit. This is the you've just created a chaos funnel that okay. has no end." But there were things that I liked, and then there were things that I didn't like. Okay, so there we go. Can you really briefly speak to what you did like aside from the opening credit sequence? That's what I liked. That's it. <laughs> there was a thing that you liked. <laughs> I there were a couple things that were predictable. Uh-huh. You know, as you and I are probably synced on. Mm. And I was kind of okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I liked the destruction. I liked the way the zombies were, and I liked the zombie universe that he had built. Really? You do? Okay. I, I mostly liked it. Okay. So, so let me share my thoughts really quickly here. I liked the movie a little bit more than you because yes the opening title sequence is so far the best of the year Mm -hmm. it's really cool i really like that i think there is some things on a very superficial action kind of standpoint to enjoy of about this movie uh yes it's two and a half hours there is a subplot about rescuing people that ends up being completely pointless and is very frustrating Mm. the plan 
from the very beginning, I'm always ahead of this movie. That's the one thing about it. I'm always ahead of this movie, not behind it, or the movie's not... You're um, like the reverse Flash. The movie's not ahead of me. It's not with me. And part of that is the plan is such a poorly constructed plan that relies on two people in particular to live through in order to for it to be successful and they have no way they don't even acknowledge that until minutes minutes after after i do like we're talking at least 10 minutes after i point this out and they don't know like and they they have no contingency plan of any kind no guarantees it it doesn't feel smart enough also, characters don't act like they really would in these situations. There's a scene where one character sees very clearly the most Im- biggest, majorest threat is over in this building over there. And they're like, I'm going over to that building right over there mm. because I, and you can't stop me mm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because what I think is the right thing mm-hmm. to take care of is over in that building. Never mind that I tagged along in this mission that I was not asked to be a part of in the first place. And this is a very dangerous, real threat to all of our lives. <laughs> you know, it, it's very frustrating. Very frustrating often. And then those things... That's spoiled in the in the ads, like a tiger that just is like put in there. It feels like it's put in there because it's cool to have the idea of a zombie tiger. Yeah. And there's nothing about it that really feels There's nothing real. grounding about it. Mm-hmm. There's no way it would be able to growl that way because soft tissue would be collapsing. So there's, there's absolutely no way it would sound like that. I, I think if they had just taken that into account and had given it a different rule, mm-hmm. it, they could have done anything. It could have been a very fun project, but they did not. So, And I won't go into details, but really, Snyder, zombie babies, again? What is your obsession? Seriously. I can't believe you're going back to that well. And then also, everything having to do with this other breed of zombies makes zero sense. What makes them different from another? How does one person get turned into them instead of a different one? I was okay with that. There's nothing about it that makes sense at all. And that's the gist of this movie. If you skip it, you're really not missing anything except the enjoyment of uh, really. Actually, you get the benefit of enjoying two and a half hours doing whatever the fuck you want. You don't have to um, sit through this. But I do think that if you're so inclined, it's not a complete waste of time. There's a a slight possibility you may have an enjoyment. I give it a five out of ten. What do you give this movie? I give it a two. A two. (laughs) That's maybe the lowest score I've heard you get. No, no. It's like, listen, all right? Like, I'm, I'm not unreasonable. I mean, a lot of people are going to think I'm unreasonable after hearing me say two. But look, this is the man, and I know he is so much more capable of this. Like, get it right. Let's go. So the thing is about him is he's, he, he's a man who needs someone saying no to him sometimes creatively. Otherwise, he just kind of is masturbatory and goes too far. And the problem is he's got such a, a ego or something about him that now he's constantly fanning the flames online about being told no by Warner Brothers in particular on several occasions and, and acting like a total baby about, about mm. it. Uh, there's an article here from IGN called All the Things Zack Snyder Says WB Wouldn't Let Him Make. 
he flat out calls the Warner Brothers as being aggressively anti-Snyder. And yet, everything that's detailed <laughs> in the article is just normal studio stuff. It's like, yeah. look, you are working with a studio who owns a creative property. They don't have to like every fucking idea you come up with. They really don't. This is actually normal stuff. People pitch them ideas all the time. Very well-established creatives will pitch an idea. They'll come to them. And they may not like that idea and go with somebody else. Sorry, Snyder, if they don't necessarily like your idea of the DC universe, don't be a baby. Move fucking on. Stop shortening Amazon's fucking skirts. They were fine the way Patty Jenkins had them, you Oh, oh, I'm going to calm down. When you said Amazon, <laughs> I thought you were talking about the company. You're the not being Amazonians. very clear. <laughs> Amazonians. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're talking Stop about... shortening their skirts. We don't need your sex sales. You're talking about sexualizing Jeez. the Amazon. So that's a whole other issue that you had with Justice League. I'm so, going to try and calm down. It appears I've been upset. So, yeah, I, I'm actually quite turned off from Snyder. I wasn't really that interested in this movie. I could have done life without it. It looks like ultimately I still could have even after having seen it. Uh, and I'm not sure I'm interested in anything Snyder has to say in the foreseeable future. I really hope that WB sticks to their guns and just moves on without him. Because, honestly, a lot of these movies are better off without his vision. So leave it at that. That's our thoughts on Army of the Dead and Zack Snyder. Shanna, that does it for this episode of The Movie Lovers. Before we talk about the next episode, could you please share with everyone where they could find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Shanna underscore Paxton underscore photography and on Flickchart Spellbinding A. Where can people find you? Uh, the primary one is thegibsonreview.com where you'll find all my feature articles, including uh, the Disney Through the Years, other past reviews, and, of course, every episode of The Movie Lovers is on there as well. Go to social media, facebook.com slash thegibsonreview. Go to Instagram, thegibson99. You can also find me on Flickchart, thegibson99 as well. Next time on The Movie Lovers, we will be reviewing John Chu and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights. And Film Phase will count down our favorite musicals. I can't believe we haven't done this one before, so I'm really looking forward to it. It should be an interesting one. Look for that on Tuesday, June 22nd. In the meantime, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying bye-bye.